just seems like the Lord lately is just keep putting stuff on me that's a little bit difficult to preach. My wife is here and she will tell you when I lay down last night, I, I said I feel so much pressure for tomorrow, but I want to do what God wants me to do. And so this morning, very early, I, I, Sunday morning's my earliest day of the week. I got up and made my way to this church and um, my phone was ringing till after midnight with folks that were sick last night. So I didn't get a lot of sleep. I got up at four. So if you're tired, I'm tired. But we're going to have church. God has somewhat to say to us today. And I, I want to speak some things to you today that I feel like God told me to say. Let me preface my remarks with this. There's a lot of places you can go and preachers want to make you feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that at times. Sometimes we need to be made to feel good. I could preach on faith today. I could. It'd be very easy for me to stop right here and just preach on the name of Jesus after that beautiful song. Just preach on the power of the name. I could preach that for the next 45 minutes and, uh, and never miss a lick. But the Lord didn't give me that kind of message today. He, he gave me something that is going to stir us all, I believe. And I always tell you that I preach better when I'm preaching to myself. Today, I'm preaching to myself, and I'm preaching to you. I will read today from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 10, just a couple of verses right there. Matter of fact, well, you can stand if you'd like. We, I feel like we was kind of playing jumping jacks here today. You've been up and down so many times, your knees are wore out, but it's okay. And I'm going to say this again, especially older folks. See, I'm understanding older folks better all the time. If you get to where you can't stand up, you sit down. It's okay. Amen. I know a preacher that came and preached at a camp meeting. The district board was sitting up there, and he kind of preached at them and got all over them. Because some of them were sitting down, well, they, was, they couldn't help sitting down. He don't come anymore, by the way. He got banned. That's a true story. So if you feel like you need to sit down, you can worship sitting down. It's okay. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone, everybody say everyone. Everybody is going to receive the things done in his body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, Paul said this, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men that we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. I'll let you sit down. What a world we live in. What a world we live in. No fear of God. If I cross your path today, I told Brother Rory the other day, it's a saying that 
we, we've said it many, many times. I've said it in this pulpit, and I've said it private conversations, and, and it's been quoted in pulpits and in conversations across America. But the only way for evil to prevail is for good men to keep silent. If we keep silent, evil prevails. We are living in a, a generation that does not fear God anymore. They don't mind taking his name in vain. They don't mind trampling through his blood. They don't mind taking him lightly and the things that he says in his word. They don't mind defiantly. I read where one of the well-known senators in the United States Senate, thank God he's not from Louisiana, but somebody stood up this week and said, the will of God is thus because his word said, and he said, Congress don't pay any attention to the will of God. We're in trouble. I said we're in trouble. So, so I, I, want, I want to say a few things to you today, but I want to first of all tell you that no generation has been like this generation, and you know that. Look, when I was growing up, <laughs> they preached hell so hot, and the coming of the Lord was also uh, preached so, so strong that you thought he was coming immediately. And uh, if I came in from school and my mom and dad didn't answer my call, I was calling the holiest Christian I could find to make sure the rapture hadn't taken place and I wasn't left behind. Some of you don't understand that. Some of you kids don't understand that because we, we, we somehow let some of that cease to be. But let me tell you, as real as it was 50 years ago, 60 years ago, it's just that real today. And we are nearer than when we first believed. One of these mornings, and it won't be long, we're going to wake up to a world that's going to be totally obliviated by, by the things that are going to happen and the things that are coming in the judgments of God. You better hear me today. My subject today is this, knowing the terror of the Lord. I didn't say that. Paul said that. I'm taking my scriptures right out of the Bible and talking to you straight in the word of the Lord today. Because Paul said, he talked about us all standing before Christ and giving an account of what we do with our body and in our body. And whether it be good or bad, we're going to receive the things that are called our reward. And then he said in verse 11, but we know what he's saying, the terror of the Lord. Now, I like to think of God as a big heavenly father that wants to put his arms around all of us and pull us in close and love on us and tell us it's okay and, and forgive us so, so wonderfully and, and, and just to wash us with his blood and to make sure that we're all good and we're all happy. I like to think of God like that. I believe he's a loving God. As a matter of fact, the scripture said God is love. You believe that? The scripture said God is light. You believe that? God is love. And so we know that he loves us. When we talk about the cross, we understand that he loves us. 
But there is a side to God. I preached about it three weeks ago in this pulpit when I preached his fan is in his hand. There is a side to God that men want to ignore, and that side is the terror of the Lord. David said in Psalm 76, he said, Thou, even thou, art to be feared, and who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? There is such a thing as an angry God. There is such a thing as a God of great fury. There is such a thing as the wrath of God. I opened the Bible and began to read early this morning, and I read over and over about the wrath of God and the fury of God. And the Bible would often say in the Old Testament against Israel, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. You ever read that? He is and he can be an angry God. Nahum said it this way, pardon me, in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 3, the Lord is slow to anger. He's better than I am. He's slow to anger. He don't have a quick temper. Nahum said, and great in power, and will not at all equip the wicked. He's not going to equip the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry and dryeth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him and the hills melt and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. And here's what Nahum said. Who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fear of his anger. His fury is poured out like a fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. And then he said, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knoweth them that trust in him. But he said there that God can get mad and God can can issue terror and he can become an angry God and a God of great fury and pour out the wrath of God. I got to thinking what this morning when I was praying the prophecies in Revelation uh, are coming in a, in a very short time. But let me take you back before I talk about that in history. In history, listen to this. Adam and Eve made God angry and they were driven from the garden for the rest of their life. Sodom and Gomorrah, because of homosexuality, made God angry. Had God rained fire, had brimstone down on those cities and literally burned them up. And they were of nothing but ashes because God got angry. God, he repented that he made a man. And he said, I'm sorry that I made a man. And he sent a flood to destroy everything on the earth. Eight people were saved in all the earth. A few animals and eight people on an ark because God was angry with mankind. God sent the death angel to Egypt and the firstborn of man and beast died because God was angry. Korah, who rebelled against the priesthood, Korah, the earth swallowed them up, opened up, 
and the earth swallowed up 70,000 at one time of the tribe of Korah because Korah made God angry. In the New Testament, God killed Ananias and Sapphira at the altar because they lied to God and made God angry. Let me tell you, he can be a God of terror. He can be a God of anger. He can be a God of, I don't want to paint him as that kind of God all the time, but he is a God that can turn quickly and he can issue judgment and wrath where it needs to be. I know it's not popular, but you got to hear me out. The prophecies and revelation of the coming judgment of God tell us about vows of wrath that will soon be poured out upon the earth. Read Revelation 16 before you go to bed tonight. No, you better not because you'll be up half the night because Revelation 16 tells about the wrath that God is going to pour out upon this earth. It's not coming to the church because I believe the church is going to be rapture and he hath not appointed us to wrath. So the only way to escape what I'm talking about today is to be in the rapture of the church, to be born again of water and spirit. Everybody shout amen. So here's what he said. The first vow that's going to be poured out, there's going to be grievous sores that come on man. The second vow that's going to be poured out, the sea is literally going to be turned into blood and every living creature in the sea is going to die. Are you listening? The third vow of wrath that God is going to pour out. Rivers and fountains of water are going to be turned to blood. Let me tell you, during that time, you run, turn on your water faucet to take a bath and ain't nothing coming out but red blood because everything is going to be turned into blood. The fourth one said that the vow of wrath that is going to be poured out upon the sun where the sun will scorch men with fire. It's going to burn people with fire. And the fifth one says that when the darkness comes, it's going to come so strong and so powerful that men are going to gnaw their tongues in pain. Oh, you say, that's fairy tale. No, that's in the book. I'm reading straight out of the book. The sixth one said that the, rivers Euphra the river Euphrates is going to be dried up so the kings of the earth can gather. The, the, the seventh one said there's going to be voices and thunder and lightning and earthquakes. And the scripture said like the earth has never seen and hail is going to fall at the size of one talent apiece. That's 96 pounds per piece of hell. You say, oh, preacher, I don't believe that. Believe what you want to. But when the God of wrath and the God of terror turns his wrath loose, I'm telling you it's not going to be a Calvary dimension. It's not going to be I love you. It's going to be I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of degradation. I'm tired of you taking my world and turning it upside down. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you today that knowing the terror of the Lord I've come to persuade you to live for him today. I've never preached this in my life. Not the way I'm preaching it. But I want you to understand the Lord can be a Lord of terror. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, he said, fear not. 
them which killed the body, but are not able to kill the soul. He said, but rather fear him, him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He said again in Luke chapter 12, verse 4, he said, I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that they have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you, Jesus said, I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. There's no fear of God in America. I'm disturbed about that because people don't care what God says anymore. You live as if the day will never come a judgment. But honey, we're going to all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There better be in every one of us a deep-seated fear. I, I worry about preachers that won't preach on judgment, that won't preach on hell, that won't preach about the coming of the Lord. I can tell you there's, I can name one that comes to my mind that has thousands upon thousands, but when they interviewed him, he said, we don't preach on hell. We just want to make, that ain't nothing but a speech to make you feel good. You need to understand there is a terror of the Lord and you need to be persuaded to live for God. Paul said, for we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth to me, I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing, he said. It is a fearful thing. Put this one on the screen, Hebrews 10, 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Let me tell you who hell's going to be hotter on than anybody else. It's going to be hotter on Pentecostals that know better than to live the way they're living and backsliders that have walked away from God. Hell's going to be hot because you're going to remember every sermon and you're going to remember every song and you're going to remember every preacher and you're going to remember everything you ever heard but you can't get out of hell because let me tell you the Bible says that your reward is coming when you stand before that judgment seat of Christ. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. If you want to go where they tickle your ears, you can find 20 churches within five miles probably. They'll tickle your ears this morning. I'm telling you, we better get ready for the rapture of the church. We better quit messing around with the devil. We better quit saying everything's okay when it's not okay. We better understand that knowing the terror of God, we need to persuade ourselves and persuade our families and persuade everybody around us that this time is coming to an end quickly and Jesus is about to give the call for us to come for accountability. Jude said this, after his writing, he didn't write but one chapter, but at the end of it, he said this, 
and of some have compassion, making the difference. There's some people you can save with love and compassion. You can just put your arms around them, and they feel the love, and they come, and they feel the love of God. But you know what Jude said? Listen to what he said. He said, others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. If I can put the fear of God in you today and pull you out of the fire, I'm, I'm all with it. Because the Bible said, some you have to save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, knowing the terror of the Lord, I've read to you out of the scripture, I've showed you in the book that God can do a turnaround. You know what? Because judgment is not executed speedily. People think they get away. They think it's not. But he said the wicked, he will not acquit. He's not overlooking. And you better understand, this is still his church. We still have to recognize him as God. It was so put in me when I was a kid. I want you to listen to me. I want all you kids to listen to me. This is a holy place. This is the house of God. When I walk from that office and I got a cup in my hand, it don't come through those doors. I set that thing out down there somewhere where I can go back and get it. I'm not bringing that in the house of God. I don't care if this thing is full of people or if it's just me and Jesus. You won't come here at 12 o'clock in the day and find me in here drinking a drink. Why? Because I fear God. There's a deep fear in me of God. There's just some things we don't do. There's just some things you have to reverence. When I'm talking about a fear of God, I'm talking about a reverence of God. You've got to have reverence for the house of God. Reverence for the things of God. Some of you laugh at some of the things that preachers are preaching. And, and, and when they come down hard, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. Let me tell you, you're not going to be judged by everybody else. You're going to be judged by you and the Word of God. You're going to be judged by what you know and the Word of God. Am I hearing, am I, am I reaching anybody here today? Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning, uh, knowing the terror of God? Oh, it would behoove every one of us. Let me tell you, I got to vision, uh, visualizing this morning in my mind. Uh, I just closed my eyes and reared back in my chair and thought about the judgment day when God's going to be saying, I saw that. I know that. I'm taking care. You are no longer here. You're cast into eternity without God. I'm going to stand before him. i got to give an account for everything I do. And you're going to stand. I'm going to tell you what I won't stand before him and say, Lord, I didn't tell them. I'm going to tell you if it's the last dying breath I got, uh, you better understand God is a God of terror and a God of judgment that you're going to meet someday as he really is. Mm. Mm. You know how I know we're in trouble? Because I read the scripture long ago and found it again this morning. It said the wicked shall be turned into hell. But it didn't stop there. Psalms 917. It said, and all the nations that forget God, the wicked are going to be turned into hell. We expect that. 
But it said the nations that forget God. You know what we need in America? We need a Holy Ghost revival. We need an old-fashioned prayer meeting. My God, the warping of, of, our, of our land, the, the minds of our kids. You millennials better hear me. Don't you believe the junk they're trying to put in you? Don't you believe the things they're trying to convince you of? Don't you take for a minute that just because the preacher is 67 years old and he's preaching hard that he's an old fogey, you better remember this. There's some sacred things of God that God may not be handling right now, but he's going to handle them. And the day is coming when men are going to see the judgments of God and abortion and homosexuality and, and same-sex marriages and, and the things our world is turning they're canceling everything that's good and trying to pick up everything that's bad Hollywood is running our world my God we need a Holy Ghost apostolic revival because sin is rampant and the wicked reign but God is able to fix everything that I'm talking about with an old fashioned prayer meeting in America I'll never stop preaching that way if you don't like that send me on my way or go find you another church are you mad preacher you might be right I'm mad I'm not mad at you I'm mad at the devil I'm mad at sin I'm mad at what's going on in our world I'm mad at the voices uh, that are ringing out in our world and trying to do with everything that's good and honest and pure they're trying to do away with it but we gotta stand up Christians uh, you gotta be a voice in your world you gotta stand up and do what's right in your world it's not gonna change until somebody with God stands up sad when you turn on the TV and you see men kissing. It ain't sad only. It's, it's sickening. I got some of y'all uncomfortable. Good! You need to be uncomfortable if you believe that garbage. You need to be like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs right now if you believe that mess. You, you, you better hear me this morning. You think God's putting up with that? I'm telling you, don't you ever think for a minute that God's putting up with that. There's a day coming, and it's just around the corner when all this stuff that the world thinks is okay, God's about to right the ship. <laughs> God's about to fix all the things that are wrong. Yes, he is. Oh, hallelujah. This church still believes that you shouldn't have sex before marriage. We still believe in purity. We still believe in holiness. We still believe in godliness. We still believe you ought to walk right, spit white, talk right, live right. Not just on Sunday morning, but every day of the week. Every, every moment of every day. You're not the church just when you're in church. You're the church all the time. I'm preaching to somebody on this Sunday morning. You better hear this pastor. Knowing the terror of the Lord, I'm trying to persuade you today.
We had too many part-time Christians. God not looking for part-time Christians. He's looking for full-time Christians. You hearing me today? God's looking for people that will serve him 24 hours a day. Here's the final terror. Final terror. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire forever and forever and forever and forever. You know why I'm preaching today? Because God will forgive you of your sin. And God will forgive me of my sin, but he won't tolerate what's going on in our world. Wholesale sin. He won't tolerate it. God can snatch you out of this world so fast, it'll make your head swim. You don't have to be 75, 80, 85, 90 to die. You may never live to see the rapture. You could die in a wreck going home today. That's reality. Amen? So you got to live ready. And you got to live right. And you got to make sure everything's right between you and God. You can't live loose. You can't live as if tomorrow will always be there. We have no promise of tomorrow. We have no promise of tomorrow. I can't but I can't get it off my mind. I, I see you here, Beverly. But I can't get it off my mind how a 32-year-old man could just lay down on the bed and suddenly he's dead. 32. 32 years old. Life was supposed to have a lot of days left. A lot of years left. Say, preacher, I'm, I've got it all figured out. No, you don't. You just think you do. Because when you think you've got it figured out, God's about to teach you a lesson. I love this church. And I love every one of you I'm preaching to today. If I didn't, I wouldn't put myself out on a limb and preach the way I'm preaching today. But what I told God this morning is, God, we can't afford to just keep doing what we're doing. Because I understand that judgment day is very near. And we're going to have to answer to God for everything we do. Everything. Every deed in our body, we're going to receive a reward. The Bible said, good or bad, we're going to receive a reward. Knowing the terror of the Lord.